Hi, and welcome to the Unconventionalist Podcast. My name is Mark Roost, and this is your weekly dose of inspiration if you're an entrepreneur, a small business owner, or if you're looking to get started on your entrepreneurial journey. Each week, I try and track down world-class guests from best-selling authors to disruptive entrepreneurs to break down and demystify what it really takes to build a mission-driven business. And that includes dealing with the ups and the downs, which is going to be particularly relevant to today's guest. But before I get into that, if you're a regular, you know I love you. And also, you know that this is one of my favorite parts of the, of the week. It's when I share with you the top 10 countries around the world listening to the Unconventionalist podcast. And in number one, UK by a mile. Followed by number two, United States. Number three, France. That's a bit of a tongue twister. Number four, Canada. Number five, Australia. Number six, Germany. Seventh, Singapore. Eighth, Netherlands. Ninth, New Zealand. And tenth, Norway. As always, I named the runner-ups just to give you a little push. Spain, Mexico, Denmark, you're right behind. Keep it up. And you know what to do. If you want to see your country rise up in the ranks, and if you want to make it to the top most awesome and inspiring country in the world, share this podcast with your friends. Make sure that you spread the word. And that's the easiest way of making sure that your country is named in the top inspiring country unconventionist thingy. Right. So, um, I just thought to give you a quick update. I know it's been a while. Um, if you've listened to my previous episode, part of a mini-series called The Origin Story, it's actually been the most downloaded episode of all time of the show in the first 24 hours. It's a remarkable work of vulnerability on my behalf, I want to say, where I dive deep into the 12 years of archives uh, of when I first started recording my love, my, my love, my first live show uh, and, and student radio. And uh, you're going to hear my voice. If you haven't done that, I really recommend you go and check it out. I'll be releasing the second episode next week. So look out for that while we look into how I actually became a drama queen and, and loving performance. But um, the thing that's been really incredible over the last, I guess, week is that if you remember, if you've been on, on part of this journey with me for quite some time, then you would have been with me through the ups and downs when I when I quit my, my job at the Movember Foundation as country manager and then went through massive uncertainty and didn't really know what I was doing and how I was going to make ends meet or survive. And this week has just been an incredible reminder that something happens when you sort of put yourself out there and that you're willing to commit to your uh, journey or whatever you want to call it. And I was invited on Wednesday to go in and give a talk at Intuit, a financial software company online, to go and speak to their teams around how to find meaning at work. And it was this incredible experience. At first, I was really stressed out. I was thinking, how, because I'm used to speaking to people who are, you know, entrepreneurial by nature. So either they are thinking of becoming more entrepreneurial at work, or they want to launch their own business, or they're thinking about launching their business on the side, or they've already started their own business. May they be solo entrepreneurs or small business owners. And so for a massive company to bring me in to speak to their staff, I felt like, oh, I'm completely out of place here because I usually speak to people how to, you know, actually start your business. And actually what was brilliant about the process that enabled me to look back at my 10 years of work across the corporate world, the nonprofit and the charity sector and and to think about what do I what had I wished I'd known back then before I quit my job? What would be the things that would have really helped me even if later on I wanted to become an entrepreneur that would have tremendously helped me on this spot? And that's what I did and I gave a talk about it. And there was such an incredible crowd. The Q&A session at the end was some of the best questions I've ever received. And it was a lot about millennials and actually how to, how to lead millennials, how to inspire millennials, and, and, and how millennials are different to previous generations in terms of relationship to work. And that was fascinating because 
I'm a millennial, so I think that's the first time I said that loud. But so but what I mean by that is that I can understand and relate. And what's interesting is a lot of organizations are struggling with this around understanding how to relate. And so this is something that I, I found really interesting. And then I'd done that. And afterwards, I launched a program at a um, General Assembly in London. They asked me to come in and do a course on, on how to launch a podcast. And so 10 brave budding entrepreneurs came in and I did a three-hour session with them going through everything from the basics to the tools to the nitty-gritty stuff. And there's just so much more I, I want to talk about the podcast. And there were just an incredible group of people with so many different inspiring ideas and I can't wait to hear what they're up to. By the way, if you're listening to this, guys, my offer is still on the table. First person to send me the three first episodes of the podcast gets one hour of mentoring with me to help you grow your, your podcast. And so that was an incredible experience. I came back buzzing, but I was absolutely exhausted and I slept in quite quite late this morning up until nine. And I'm just about to head off to Paris to go and work with an MBA school to deliver a whole four-hour workshop with their students around building your personal brand. Now, all these are paid gigs. And what's been really interesting is that, sure, I'm not making like not even half as much money as I used to, not even a third or a fourth by far. But I had a conversation this week with a guest I'll be, I'll be publishing soon with David Baker. And he said a point that was really interesting, which was how much money we need to get paid in order to go back into employment. And we kind of both laughed and it would be a huge amount of money. And that's because it's not about the money. And I think that's what's incredible about this whole thing is that when you understand that it's not about the money, that money doesn't bring you happiness, that chasing material wealth isn't the solution and end all, then you start focusing on really, what really matters. And as hard as it is, and I'm the first person to stand up and say, actually, this whole entrepreneurial journey is not about living your dreams and you know follow your passion, all this stuff, because there's some days which are really, really difficult. And that's why I'm really excited about sharing today's guest, Lauren Rorick. And by the way, Lauren, I'm not quite sure if that's how you pronounce your surname. I tried looking on videos, but it seems that you never pronounce your surname. So <laughs> I, know, I know how to say Lauren at least. But um, Lauren's a really interesting character. She's the creator of the Underpression Project. And if you want to go and check it out, it's the Underpression Project. Um, dot com, I believe. I put all the links and resources in show notes anyway. And she she's a certified holistic health coach that specializes in, in depression recovery. Basically, she has this sort of unique combination of, ex, of expertise in nutrition, yoga, and depression recovery. And she provides a multifaceted approach to combating depression. But the bottom line is, she has this really kind of gentle approach to the reality of what people face with depression. And I think if if you're an entrepreneur or if you're thinking about being an entrepreneur, you need to understand um, that there was a University of California study that came out where one in three entrepreneurs said that they lived or experienced depression. So it's really part of the whole journey. There's, there's actually quite a high level of 48% mental health uh, issues were reported by by a study on entrepreneurs. So it's 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 very much in, intrinsically linked. And so this is such a great gift of a show that hopefully will help you understand how can you deal with the ups and downs? How can you reach out? How can you recognize some of the signs? What can you do? And I had an amazing time. Lauren and I went over to one of my favorite coffee shops in London at LLS uh, in Hampstead. And we sat down, put the mics on and had an absolute blast. And I hope that this episode will help you, especially in this January blues season where it seems that it's it brings both this massive sense of hope and this and this also this deep realization of of things that we haven't accomplished or, or, or jobs that we're in that we don't like or relationships that we want to get out of or whatever it is. And so Lauren shares her wealth of wisdom on how she created this online course that's generated a whole new community. And shout out to the Boomcast family for introducing us as it was a really, really great um 
experience and conversation. So with that said, without further ado, I give you Lauren Moore. Lauren, welcome to the mayhem. Thank you. Good to, <laughs> good to be here. <laughs> so for listeners who are tuning in, um, Lauren basically arrived on time. Uh, at, at our house, and uh, it was fucking mayhem and chaos, and I was running around trying to get everything ready, and then we came out, forgot my keys, had to run back out, and then we ended up in um, in one of our favorite local coffee shops, LLS, uh, in Hampstead, um, and uh, barking dogs. Several, several yeah. barking dogs. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> which was uh, which was interesting. Um, but we're here today, and by the time this comes out, it'll be. January 2017. That's so crazy. It's a bit creepy, right? A little. It's like we're in the future, wow. but we're not there yet. Ooh, I like that. By the time <laughs> this is, it will be. Whoa, just lost myself <laughs> there. Um, but Anya, great to have you on the show, and I'm really excited to hear a bit more about your story and you know, how you came up with your concept. And also a big shout out to Millie, Emily, yes. and Harrison and the gang at Boomcast. For Boomcast. For putting us in touch. <laughs> so if they're listening to this, holla. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so I want to hear a bit more about your story. A bit more, because if you've heard a few of these episodes, you'll know by now that one of my obsessions is to understand the, the origin story, like the story behind the story. So how did Underpression come about? So the Underpression Project is sort of my weird brainchild of... Um, Oh, that's a good question. So it came about basically because of my personal experience yeah. with depression several years ago oh in yeah. my early 20s and sort of my struggle to find good treatment options that weren't just, here's a handful of pills, go take them. Sure. Because at least in my situation, that wasn't what was going to work for me. It, mm -hmm. just, it just didn't feel right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just didn't really know where to turn or where to look or what kind of resources were available to me. And I found that it was really limited if I wanted to go either sort of an alternative route or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I sort of put together a program for myself, not necessarily on purpose, mostly <laughs> by accident. Yeah. And in hindsight, it looks like a program. You know, as I was doing it, it looked like chaos. Sure. Um, <laughs> but I, it started with yoga for me. Yeah. It was a big, it was a big part of it. Um, mostly just because... One, it's exercise, but two, it's a lot of mindfulness and you're paying attention to your body and your breath. And it's a lot of, it's basically the opposite of the way your brain functions when you're feeling depressed. Yeah. So that was really good for me. And that was kind of what clicked things and uh, started me on this whole road to like studying nutrition and yoga. I became a yoga teacher and a nutritionist. <laughs> and then I ended up doing like a thesis in depression recovery and like yeah. all of this sort of, you know, piled on top of that afterwards. Yeah. Um, which eventually, yeah, led me to sort of start this project and this movement to um, just make people more aware of what's available when you're suffering from depression yeah. and that it's normal and that it's okay. And yeah, that there are resources out there and just make it easier for people to find those resources. Yeah. And it's tough, right? So it's like, um, you know, there's, so I used to work at the Movember Foundation and one of the mm -hmm. aspects that we focused on was um, mm -hmm. mental well-being, I guess. Right. Uh, and you know, when the statistics come out three quarters of suicide around the world are men and and there's a huge problem around stigma with mental health issues and um depression and so forth mm -hmm. and we've had guests on the show come come beforehand ben uh, johnny benjamin in, in in particular if you haven't checked it out check it out he's, he's a great guy doing a lot of campaign around mental health mm. um campaigning 
What, um, when you were in that moment, so now that you can, you know, now you can talk about it, you, mm-hmm. you know, you can look back and you, you're sort of, you know, trying to get the message out there. But before we get there, when you were in that dark spot or that dark moment in your life, when you're kind of going through depression, what were you feeling in terms of blockers getting in the way of you reaching out to friends or family or speaking about it? Mm. I guess the first one was I did not want to call it depression. That was really just something I thought, oh, that's not, that's not what I have. You know, you could look at my list of symptoms and go like, absolutely. That's what you were dealing with. <laughs> but to me, I was like, no, it's gotta be something else. It's yeah. gotta be something else. Not me. Like, not me. Not that's, me. I really had no understanding of what depression was and what it felt like. And it, yeah, in my head, it was something that like, oh, it's just sad people get, you know? And so yeah. <laughs> that uh, very limited perception sort of limited me from finding treatment because I just didn't know what you know, sure. what I was dealing with. Sure. Um, oh, what, what, what was the, sorry, what were some of the signs then? What were some of the, like, if people are listening to this, it's mm-hmm. January, maybe it's a January blues. Mm-hmm. Maybe they kind of like just ate too much of a Christmas or they haven't done their downward dogs <laughs> as they said they would in their, in their sort of New Year's resolution. But what would be some of the signs that you would want to tell people, hey, like if you're feeling these things or if you're going through these things, mm-hmm. then you may be going through this you know mm-hmm. what would be some of the, the signs you want to share so for me the first one that i noticed was that i was tired all the time it didn't know it didn't matter how much i was sleeping or yeah. you know how little i did i was just exhausted being alive was exhausting basically yeah and that was sort of the big one um the other one i get really cranky and like irritable which most people associate depression with feeling sad and that's certainly one of them but i think mm. one of the lesser known symptoms it's is anger. being yeah, very yeah. angry and irritable and like snapping at really small things and I get just that. getting really annoyed mm. at things that would normally never bug you. Sure. Um, um, yeah, those I guess for me are the big yeah. two. Um, body aches and pains. I would get headaches and like a lot of tension in my neck and shoulders. And uh, yeah, just really didn't feel like myself. Everything yeah. was kind of blah. Yeah. You know, not exciting, not horrible, just sure flatline yeah yeah no i get that it's uh so i went through a really bad patch around 2009 and what i would i would consider that you know mild depression depression Mm -hmm. and it was really tough like i didn't recognize the person i'd become exactly you know there was something around physically first of all i put on quite a bit of weight and then secondly i'm someone as you you know you can probably tell i'm quite outgoing and extrovert Mm -hmm. and love connecting love speaking and I'd become this shadow of myself where mm-hmm. I just didn't want to go out. I didn't want to socialize. I didn't want to do stuff. And I was angry, as you said. I think I, yeah, it was like a, a combination of like lost, anger, and tired. I think tired yeah. I can really relate to. I just, I was tired all the time. Um, so if you, if there's someone listening to this episode mm-hmm. and they're like, oh shit, that's, that's what I'm feeling. Like, I, I, yeah, I'm tired and I get irritated. Like, what would be the next step that you would want them to take hmm. or recommend them at least to, to sort of go down to first just know that it's okay to feel that way that's a big one right is yeah. to not not get mad at yourself on top of all of the things that you're already feeling to get mad at yourself for feeling the things that you're feeling mm. that's a big one um but firstly reach out to friends and family i know that that can be quite difficult and maybe a little bit embarrassing but it's uh but it's it's important and your friends and family want to help they might just need a little bit of encouragement or sure. instruction on how to help sure um, but i think that's a big one because we tend to isolate when we're depressed and we want to kind of stay in our bubble and we think that people don't want to talk to us or maybe we kind of imagine these scenarios where we're we're really isolated but if you sort of put put some mm. mental energy into really thinking about it mm. there are definitely people out there who can sort of support you and finding those people is a good way to start yeah 
Yeah. What What, what do you think is? Why do you think there's so much stigma around the word depression? Mm, lazy is a big one. Mm. Like, oh, if you're depressed, you're just lazy, or you're not trying hard enough, or you're just sad, or just snap out of it. You'll get over it. You know, everyone has hard stuff in their life. What's What's so hard about your life? You know, right? Look at you. You know, you've got everything you need. Yeah, you've had a exactly. good education, good family, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, which is a big part of why a lot of people don't seek help because they see like, oh, well, there's nothing wrong in my life. Well, that was me, right? Sure. There was nothing particularly sort of blatantly wrong with yeah. my life, which made me feel like, why am I feeling this way? This is stupid. Mm. I shouldn't feel this way. Yeah. I'm ungrateful. I'm, you know, whatever. And uh, that can really get in the way of recovery. Yeah. So let's talk about recovery then. So one of the aspects that you went down was exploring yoga mm-hmm. as a healing um, practice, I yes. guess. Um, what surprised you about the power of yoga? I was surprised by how calm I felt. I really went into it not not depression related at all. I went in to yoga because a neighbor wanted me to come to her class. She was starting a new okay. class. She said, come to my class. I said, sure. okay, I sure. guess that could be fun maybe. Yeah. Um, but by the end of it, they say you get that like yoga glow, right? <laughs> Where you're just laying in shavasana, like nothing is wrong with the world. <laughs> the yoga glow. Yeah. I love and it. I felt that. And I thought yeah. like, whoa. Every, like I just feel really good for this five minutes at the yeah. end of my yoga practice. Yeah. I feel awesome. And it wasn't competitive and I didn't have to worry about whether my downward dog looked any better than anyone sure. else's downward dog. Sure. And that was a really good space for me to mm. be in. It was just very calm and yeah, just very nurturing, yeah. I guess. And my teacher was really sweet and uh, she'd been through a similar experience, which was helpful, I guess. And uh, yeah, it just helped me to clear my thoughts. It's very meditative, right? And meditation sure. is a big help for people who have depression is mm. because there's a lot of negative thoughts and that whole swirling mess up in your head and yoga really helped me calm that yeah yeah i mean i you know it's interesting i i don't do half as much as yoga as as i would like to in fact i pretty much don't do any yoga but it's it's one of those uh, practices or exercise i don't know i don't know what the correct term is um practice that uh, that r- is, is really beneficial because I feel my body. I feel like I'm in my body, and there, you know, obviously I go down into the idea of competing. So I'm like, oh my god, I'm not doing it good enough. It's <laughs> like this warrior pose could be so much better. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then it's like you know, there's, there's someone with a soft-spoken voice, but walking around going, you are not incompetent with anyone. It's like yeah. you're a beautiful light and all this stuff. And actually, it's funny. There's a guy that's going to be coming on the show, who founded uh, Boys of Yoga, which is a movement of men who do yoga but who don't necessarily wear lycra and who eat <laughs> burgers with bacon you know it's like this yeah it's like this really cool movement uh, what would you want to say to someone who's thinking about j- joining maybe the first yoga class in 2017 mm-hmm. new year's resolution yes. uh, but it's kind of like i'm a little bit freaked out i don't think i'm flexible i don't like my body i don't own anything shiny or tight uh and my hair doesn't glow like what would you want to tell them <laughs> Firstly, you don't have to be flexible to do yoga. I get that so often as a yoga teacher. People are like, I can't come to your class. I'm not flexible. And I just look at them like, that is the point. That is the reason you right, come to yoga. Right. It's like, I can't come eat because I'm hungry. Exactly. Well, like, that's why you come and eat. Yeah. So a big one, you know, you don't have to be flexible and you don't have to be athletic and you don't have to be anything to start because really yoga is just the combination of your mind, body and breath. And if you're conscious of your body you're breathing and you're moving that's it that's all it really takes to start yeah and so i would just say find a teacher that you like if you go to one yoga class and it sucks 
yeah. try a different yoga class because there are a thousand different ways to teach yoga sure and a thousand different teachers probably just in your city what's <laughs> like one of the most everywhere. weird yoga experiences you've had oh that's a good question hmm. by the way no one got murdered in the background just a woman <laughs> was really happy to see cake There's a lot of weird language that people like to use in yoga. I don't know. There, there's all kinds of funny phrases that people come up with. Um, man. I did a Tibetan bowl meditation once <laughs> that was really strange. Um, I liked the idea of it, but I, I don't know whether it was the particular teacher that I went to or the <laughs> sure. space I was in, but I just remember laying on the floor being like, get me out of here. So, yeah, you know, awesome. There's a bit of different things for everybody. Sure, so find what sure. works for you. And you said so you still you still teach yoga now? Like yeah. you make it part of the... Yeah, yeah cool. I do. And, and you're living in Berlin. Yes. Right. How are you finding Berlin? I love Berlin. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really fun city. There's lots going on. There's really something for everybody. Yeah, I, I, like. heard the, I heard the vegan scene over there is quite good. Yes. And for ever expanding. Vegan. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there's a vegan restaurant in every corner, sure. basically. Yeah. yeah. But you're not originally from Germany. No, I'm originally Canadian. Yeah. But uh, it's been a very long time since I've lived there. So to speak to, to someone like me who often um, is afraid of asking a North American if they're either American or Canadian by fear of offending either of them, <laughs> uh, what, would, what is a way of recognizing mm. the difference between a Canadian and American, which states PG-13? Honestly, I don't know if there is a way Ooh. to recognize. But if you ask, are you Canadian first, then you usually don't offend anybody. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Yes. That's the that's the answer. <laughs> that is the answer I was looking for. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, because obviously, yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Cool. And so, uh, okay, so yoga is like, on the, and by the way, I'm going to talk a little bit so you can drink your whatever the hell that is. What's it's that called? It's a turmeric latte. Turmeric latte. Yes. That sounds... Anti-inflammatory. Ooh. <laughs> okay, so have a sip of that. I'm going to tell okay. a little story while, while you're doing that. And one of the things that... Um, I'm curious to explore a bit more is, is also around nutrition, right? And it's like nutrition can be such a healing, um, I don't want to say tool because it's like a weird thing to say tool for food, but it can be like a really healing uh, mechanism, I guess, to, to sort of feel a bit better. How does food, in your opinion, affect our mood? Yeah, it's a really good point because absolutely kind of you are what you eat, right? Mm. So whatever you put into your body is what you get out of your body. And if you are filling it full of garbage, you're not going to feel very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even the, some of the latest research on depression is really connecting sort of your gut health to your mental health. It's For a sure. big thing that's coming out lately. Yeah. Is things like systemic inflammation yeah. and your gut bacteria mm. and all of that is really related to how you feel and the way yeah. you know, your brain works and how you produce neurotransmitters and how you feel. Um, yeah. So they're very intricately related. For people listening to this, if you want to get freaked out, you've got over four kilos of alien bacteria in your gut. Mm -hmm. You've got 10 times more external bacteria than you are of made of bacteria. <laughs> that, is free that freaked me out. When I, heard, when I first read that, I was like, what? Yeah, to just think of the human body not as one organism, but really a yeah. collection of organisms yeah. that you are constantly feeding and taking care of. Yeah. 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 Basically, your gut is like a giant pet that you just have to kind of <laughs> keep, take care of. Yeah. Well, here's what freaked me out most. I think it was Tony Riddle who came on the show um, earlier this year, who was telling me about this latest research around fecal transplant. Mm. Have you heard about this? Yeah, so it's really interesting. Yeah. So do you want to tell a bit more about for the listeners? Who, do, you, do you know a bit about it? or do you want? Uh, just the basics, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, so you would take species, I guess, <laughs> from yeah. someone with a healthy gut bacteria, yeah. and then they put it through a number of processes to yeah. sort of strain out the toxins and whatever, yeah. and just leave you with the healthy bacteria, yeah. and then that is uh, 
supplanted into yeah. someone with less healthy gut bacteria to sort of start growing their colony. Isn't that amazing? It's very strange. <laughs> it's so freaked out. Yeah, I, it's I was really like, interesting. basically, your poo is going to make me feel better. Yeah. You Love never would have thought, right? Yeah. 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 It takes a whole new definition of. Uh, of eating crap. <laughs> anyway, um, so, yeah, so food. So how, how, how did your journey with food start? And how did you come about exploring food as an avenue to feel better? Hmm. So I, after I'd been doing yoga for quite a while, I went to become a yoga teacher. And I went to Bali, Indonesia to study yoga and learn how to become a yoga teacher. And a girl I met there was a nutritionist. Yeah. Um, but we'd also spent the whole... I don't know, 28, 30 days eating vegetarian, eating very healthy, fresh, raw food. And I sh my mood was just different. Yeah. I felt very different and very energized. And I was waking up at crazy early hours in the morning, which I never do, and feeling like, oh, this isn't horrible. Yeah. Because I hate getting up early in the sure. morning. Um, and I just kind of started asking her questions and looking at myself and just kind of seeing how what I was putting into my body was affecting how I felt. And then she sort of put me on to studying nutrition. And then I ended up studying nutrition for a couple of years. Yeah. Became a health coach and all yeah. of this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, it's just really interesting how connected they are. Yeah. And here's, here's a question that I have for you, which yep. is around. So I'm someone that, for example, I consider myself relatively knowledgeable in the area of food. I mean, I've been mm -hmm. on this journey of exploring nutrition and food as a heating tool for the last, I guess, four years or something like that. Okay. I've got a, a plant-based, this is a weird fact about me, I've got a plant-based <laughs> nutrition certificate from Cornell University. Mm -hmm. um, and yet, so I know all this stuff, right? but I don't apply it. Mm. So what is getting in the way of people like me, or maybe people who are just like, okay, they know that they should exercise a bit. They know yeah. they should like lay off the bad shit. Mm-hmm. But we don't. Right. What would you want to, like, say to people like <laughs> me? We're like, Lauren, Lauren, what, what can we do? <laughs> yeah. Start small and really uh, write things down. Write things down is a big one, I guess. Um, plan your meals ahead of time. If you really have a problem with, you know, those last minute buys or, oh, I don't have time to make food or something. Yeah. And they go out and just grab a cheeseburger or whatever. Sure. You know, plan ahead is a good part because mm -hmm. most people know... Not necessarily like the science of food, but they know what makes them feel good and what doesn't yeah. on a regular basis, I think. Yeah, but you tell, so you want to talk to my best Maybe. friend. He mm -hmm. basically, pizza makes him feel good. He's like, I love pizza. And when I, and when yeah. I, I'm happy when I eat pizza. So he's like all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, that cannot be good for you. <laughs> Actually, he'll know if he's listening to this, but he, he had like, um, <laughs> I call it foot rot. But it's basically, he had, um, oh, what is it called? It's when you have an over acidic system. It's like a it's like a medieval disease. Gout. gout. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He had gout. At like um, thirty one yeah. years old, like thirty two, I had gout. And I'm just like, dude, clearly there's something That's wrong with your diet. diet man. Related, yeah. yeah. Um anyway, sorry, so so it's just like start small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just like take gradual Yeah, and don't I mean so everyone's different, right? Some people like to do everything in one go, but uh I prefer to sort of make small changes over time. Sure. So, you know, if you're drinking 10 sodas a day or whatever it is, you know, start to slowly substitute them for water or yeah. just kind of like make these, yeah. make the transition easy on yourself, yeah. especially because when you're making shifts in your diet, it can lead to things like headaches and fatigue, which then makes you feel like, ah, I'm not, or hunger, you know, and makes you feel like, oh, this must be wrong. I'm going to go back to my pizza. But there's sort of a, a sweet spot. You have to at least last for like a week or two before sure. you really start to kind of feel better because you're still... Hmm flushing out all the other stuff that is sitting yeah. in your bowels kind of you know? yeah, yeah yeah 
It's uh, so about a. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this uh, on record, but <laughs> about a, a couple of years ago, I had I decided to go off on this vegan challenge, and I managed to get about um, five thousand pounds worth of sponsorships. I effectively became an overnight vegan sponsored athlete, uh, but that's not that's not what I'm. <laughs> what I'm like, oh my god! And so one of the th- one of the things was this guy offered me some coaching as like a vegan athlete or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I said to him as a joke, I was like, please tell me you're not going to go and make me do like a, a colonic irrigation. And he goes, mm. actually, that's the first thing you're going to go and do. I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck, I'm going to no. I'm gonna have to do it now. And so I went off and she's amazing. Actually, Hedwig, um, this woman who actually, it was just, I want to say it was a very painless procedure, but it was like, <laughs> it was like this ama- like, oh, amazing, like, almost like this insane process. But what, what I, what the reason why I'm mentioning this is that there was mm-hmm. this process before I went in there where they said, right, you've got to juice basically for like 24 hours before mm. you go there. And it was this mix of feeling hunger, but at the same time quite energized. And I know there's mm-hmm. different stuff that can come into play into this. Um, but it was like this cleansing the system and actually feeling afterwards the, the kind of the release of all this gunk and shit that had been accumulated over years. Um, so yoga, mm-hmm. food, what else, what else is it that you feel is like part of the mix to help people heal and overcome depression? Um, mindfulness yeah. is a good one that yeah. kind of combines with yoga, but it's it's similar. So I do a lot of mindfulness meditation, and it's something I recommend to my clients quite often, um, just to help you a like befriend your thoughts, and then mm. b learn how to choose them and be yeah more in control of them and not control them. It's a yeah, yeah it's a hard yeah. to describe, but yeah. No, I get that. Yeah, Andy Punningham, the founder of. Uh, headspace. headspace yeah he, he the way he, he describes it, i love it he says it's like the difference between meditation and being stuck in your thoughts is like if you're in a motorway and mm-hmm. you're trying to stop all these cars and what he says meditation does is that you get to sidestep and watch the cars go by exactly and you're just watching he's like, oh wow blue car red car oh interesting truck wow that looks like a fast car but instead of trying to go in there and just like stop yeah, yeah exactly about um so tell me about how did under pressure is that am i pronouncing yes. it yeah Ooh, good uh, under pressure. How did under pressure come about? Like, what was the name? Like, how did you come up with that name? The name was mostly because I didn't like the sort of opposites of depression that were available. I guess mm. I n- probably need to read a bigger dictionary. But <laughs> um, you know, it what like the opposite of depression to me isn't like being happy all the time because that's not sustainable or normal, right? No sure. one's happy all the time, and uh, that's kind of the lingo that floats around a lot is like be happy be happy be happy but i just don't think that that's really healthy yeah to be happy all the time yeah. right it's normal to be sad and it's sure. normal to feel down and i th- i just wanted people to know that that was okay so i, I didn't want to call it like a happiness project plus gretchen rubin's already into that <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah so i just kind of wanted to have something else that i could use to describe that feeling of not being depressed but also like yeah, not being happy all the time, just being a normal functioning human. Yeah. And so I made up a word for it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You know. So how, how's it going? Like, how how's it been so far? And I know that uh, just to sort of uh, frame this, I know it can, you know, of, often in these kind of interviews, it can be like, oh, yeah, it's going great. And it's amazing. And we've got so many people just to kind of beef up. But this this podcast, as you've probably heard, is, it's about being real, right? Yeah. So it's like, what are the things that are working? What are the things that you're challenged with? What is it that you could use some help for? Mm-hmm. Um, so right now it is going well. It's not like exploding or taking over the world <laughs> yet. But, uh, you know, we've got a really nice core group of people who are, I've got an online course basically cool. that takes people through, you know, what is depression? How does it affect your mind and body? 
to yeah mindfulness cognitive behavioral therapy nutrition exercise etc it kind of yeah. takes you through this arc sure that uh i found works for me yeah yeah you know and you can kind of find what works for you within mm -hmm. that space mm -hmm. um so we've got a few dozen students that are working through that and the results have been really really cool, cool. it's so fun to watch people grow and just become more aware of their thoughts and their feelings yeah. and you know just sort of pick up and see their mood improve and it's really cool mm -hmm. um yeah so right now i'm just trying to build up more students and get people into the program and uh, improve it. You know, I'm making new videos all the time and researching more. There's always more information coming out about depression and mood and the science sure. of it. So I'm always adding to it and trying to improve it and make the experience better. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. If, if someone's got like a, an idea, mm -hmm. like they want to launch a project or maybe a course or maybe a, something like that, say they went through something, they lost some weight or they started a business that changed their life and they want to help other people do the mm -hmm. same, but they're afraid. Right, so like mm -hmm. they've got the common fears, the fear of failing, they don't know where to start with that stuff. What do you want to tell them? Just do it. I know <laughs> that's like the worst, <laughs> that's the last thing you want to hear, right? But I sat on this idea for ages and mm. I was so afraid that people were gonna judge me or like, you know, it was, it was embarrassing because I didn't want to share my story. Yeah. That was my real fear. It was yeah. like, I don't want to go out there and say like, I was depressed because I don't know sure. what people are going to think of me. <gasps> right? Cast away. Yeah. And plus, we, you know, we put out these like beautiful pictures of ourselves on the internet that Instagram make us look like we have such a nice life. Yeah. And then when you put out something that says like, I have depression and for the last three years I felt <laughs> horrible. Whoa. Everyone goes, whoa. It's like I've got herpes. TMI. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so that was, yeah, it was a really big fear for me. And getting over that really just came with writing a Facebook post and putting it out there. How did that feel? Um, up until the moment I pressed published, it felt horrible sure. because I was so nervous. But immediately after I got like this outpouring of love mm. and so many stories of people who had been through the same thing yeah. and who were like, thank you for sharing. And I really appreciate your honesty. And, and if, if only you knew Boomcast existed, or maybe it even well existed. Well, it didn't then. There you go. And so, uh, the place to go and share your yeah, story. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just share because nine times out of 10 people are really receptive and the people who aren't, you should delete from your Facebook. <laughs> yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Exactly. Block the motherfuckers out. Yeah. yeah. Cool. There's, um, so this, the, we're coming towards the end of the interview and there's something around um, this great kind of like, oh, like I want to do this. I did it. And now it's happening. It's kind of growing and taking bit by bit. Mm -hmm. Like to th this, is, this will be coming out in 2017 in the future. Yeah. Um, what's your wish for 2017? Mm. For the Under Pressure Project? <laughs> <laughs> yes, like or big for myself? For the, or world. for the world. Yeah, no, like that. Yeah, like oh. so let's say, let's say mm -hmm. we called up for a, for a whatever the hell turmeric latte that is. <laughs> <laughs> and a, I mean, I'm speaking, but I just had a, m a, gre a green matcha Yeah, exactly. Latte. Your last name was green. Yeah, and my yeah. moustache goes green, so it was really <laughs> difficult for you to concentrate. <laughs> I get it. Um, but I said we, we caught up from these funky lattes, mm -hmm. unpronounceable lattes, and um, you wanted to tell me something that you, you can't believe, but this has happened mm -hmm. in 2017. What is that thing? Hmm. Honestly, I would love to get this message out into colleges and high schools mm. because I think that's... Well, statistically, that's when depression hits people most sure. often. Yeah. And it's a space where it's hard to talk about. And mm. it's not always easy to see what your options are. And I yeah. would really love to sort of either, you know, whether it's me going out there and sharing this message with people in those circles or, you know, whether I have a whole team of people doing it for me. But, uh, yeah, really just getting that message out and letting people know what's available. Yeah. And just getting that on a wider scale because it's so prevalent. Sure. And uh, yeah. Sure. What what is what is one thing that you maybe that you surprised about this whole journey, or what is one thing that you've learned about yourself or this process along the way? 
Mm. Is that you don't, nothing has to be perfect. It mm. just has to be genuine. I think that mm. that is a big part of doing anything in life, but especially doing business and doing this sort of mental health project is that, you know, I don't have to have the f perfect setup or the perfect camera or the whatever, but getting the information out there and sharing stories and helping people is really at the core of what's important. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's one of the big lessons I learned. Cause I'm always, I'm totally perfectionist <laughs> and I'm like, I don't have the fancy camera and I don't yeah. have the whatever. So like if you saw my camera set up at home where I film my videos, it is a joke. I just yeah. clear all the stuff out of the way until you have this tiny little frame where everything looks nice in the background. Sure. And then, you know, my camera's sitting on top of like a chair on top of another <laughs> chair and you know, it's a joke, but you, uh, you mean a joke like you come <laughs> over for an interview and the host is running around with a, with a gigantic backpack yeah, exactly. and stuffing everything in to get on top. Yeah, I like that. So I have a lot of empathy yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly how I have that no goes. shame with it. <laughs> it's like I've got no shame. Yeah. I remember one, um, Karina Gordon-Barnes, uh, who came on the show, I invited her and we were talking about well, what is one thing that we were ashamed of or afraid of? And she, I think it was something like she was afraid of people finding out just how messy she was in her life because mm -hmm. she'd think that if you're messy in life, then you're messy in your business and messy with your clients mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So that was quite fun. Um, before we ask you the last couple of questions, Lauren, I just say thank you so much for the work that you're doing and for the message that you're putting it out there in the world. And, and really, like, I know this sounds really corny, but you know, you're healing and you're, you're part of that process. And I know that it's really tough for women and men to, A, recognize some of the symptoms and actually say, hey, if I recognize them, therefore I need to acknowledge. And if I acknowledge, therefore I need to seek help. And so there's this process yeah. that's very difficult. And you're getting in there through your yoga, through your programs, your meditation. And so... Thank you on behalf of everyone that's listening to your message and to those who are about to listen to it. Uh, it's really important. So keep keep up the good work. Awesome. Um, Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Because I, I can only imagine that it does. It's not all rosy every day, and there are days that are really dark and down, and it's tough. And and to keep on going. So yeah. Thank keep, you. keep keep it up. That's cool. Uh, what does being unconventional mean to you? Hmm. Be doing what makes you feel good. You know, because um, so much of what is preached around all over the place is just do what makes other people like you. Yeah. But don't don't worry about it. You know, don't worry about whether people like you or not. I mean, unless you're being awful and mean, then, you know, <laughs> don't, don't do be that. a dick. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Be kind. Yeah. And just, you know, yeah. I think it's unconventional to be kind. True. A lot of the time. And yeah. yeah, just be yourself and do what makes you feel energized and happy. Mm. What's one thing most people don't know about you? Um, that's a good question. I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Ah! I just got my blue belt a couple weeks you ago. What? Yeah. Girl! Yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. I'm a white belt and I suck. <laughs> I'll have to roll sometime. <laughs> Dude, that is so cool. Yeah. Ma, who designed my uh, illustrations for my book, mm -hmm. she's like a brown belt. Oh, she's nice. this tiny like American Filipino who <laughs> when I met, I met her up in, in LA because we did everything by, by online and stuff and finally met in LA we were introduced by Shao Rosmond who's going to be coming on the show in case she doesn't know yet mm. um, and uh, and she was showing me some move mm -hmm. like some Darth move or whatever it was I, uh -huh. what it was. I was fully dressed she's tiny when I say like she's <laughs> like you're Hercules compared to her wow. that she's tiny tiny she grabbed me and she mm -hmm. just like basically ripped me a new one and I was just like <laughs> Right, okay, okay, that's fun, fun <laughs> okay, game yeah, now. Yeah, okay, let's tap. Now. Okay, tap out. Yeah, tap, yeah. tap, tap, tap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, well, that's so cool. Yeah. Congratulations on the bluebell. Thank you. Yeah. Were you training in Germany as well? Yeah, or? in Berlin. Whoa. At ringside. Ringside. What, what up? What no. up, ringside? <laughs> All right. Team Team ringside. Team ringside. Cool. That's a, that's an awesome fact. Thank you for sharing that. I'm gonna have to be really careful about like mm-hmm. what I say. Um, <laughs> last but not least, if you could share a message in a bottle. Mm-hmm. and you could throw it out in the sea and someone could catch that message, what would you want that message to say? Hmm. Be kinder than you think is necessary. Because, yeah, everyone's going through something tough and you don't know what, it's, what it is, right? Mm. So just treat everyone kind, kindly. Love that. Lauren, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Cool. And Thanks good luck with Under Pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. There you have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. One of my favorite quotes of today's episode is that it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be genuine. What a golden nugget from Lauren. And also, I just love the ease around the topic of depression and actually how what we really need to do is just reach out, recognize some of the symptoms and just ask for help. And there's this online community where you can go and reach out with Lauren and, and be part of, of her kind of um, support network. And if you want to find out more, you can go over to laurenwarwick.com and there'll be all the show notes uh, under this podcast as well. And one thing that I wanted to uh, mention was that I just wanted to thank all of you who'd actually subscribed to the show over on iTunes and who left a rating and a review because it really does make a big difference. It enables more people to hear about the show so they can hear about all the different stories and all the different people that we're bringing on board. And we couldn't do this without you. So thank you. And if you still haven't done so, you you can go over on iTunes, click subscribe to the show, then you can go on ratings and leave a review. If you're not sure how to do it, go over on marklerouge.com forward slash blog and I've broken down the entire step thing to do. Super simple, super easy with some screenshots. Let me know if you've got problems. You can reach me on at Mark Roost on Twitter or on Facebook. As always, I'd love to hear what was one of your favorite quotes of today's show, what you got out of it. And also keep your ears and eyes open for next week's episode as we dive into the second part of the origin story of the unconventionalist. Until next time, remember, you're made of amazing. You are more than enough and you are so ready. Oh, and did I mention you were born to do this? You're born to do this.